Hi, and welcome to For Fan's Sake with me, Tim Chase. This week, I am joined by Yushin, Dr. Yushin Park from the DQ Institute. Hi, Yushin. Hello, team. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Uh, stay safe in Singapore. I was going to say, you're in Singapore, aren't you? How are things looking over there? Yes, uh, I'm originally from Korea. I've been in Singapore the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Singapore here is quite, well, we are trying to get back to our normal. But mm-hmm. uh, just like uh, everybody else and everywhere else, you know, we are trying to be cautious as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. So have you had many cases and things? What was the kind of outbreak like there? Yes, uh, Singapore is one of those countries that got hit the first wave um, in early April um, and actually in the, around the end of April, uh, no, um, February, actually not April. And then uh, um, it, it was highlighted as one of the gold standard to respond to COVID-19. Really? And then there was a second wave uh, hit. Um, so now we are in the circuit break. Uh, we're in a complete shutdown, um, okay. which hope to end by end of this month. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So you've had a second spike, have you? Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because obviously in the UK, we're just kind of coming out, loosely coming out of the lockdown now, um, mm-hmm. slowly. Um, but yeah, my concern is that exactly what you said, just said, the second spike is always the concern, isn't it? People get too excited and carried away. Um, and I think life's back to yeah, normal exactly, straight away. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it happens in Korea too. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's now uh, Korea see the second spike, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's it's quite unpredictable. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is yeah. strange old virus. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so Dr. Park is the founder of the DQ Institute, which we'll go into a little bit in a minute. But tell us a bit about your background and kind of. Obviously, we don't need to know your high school job and your paper round or anything like this, but uh, tell us kind of your education background and your career and things and how you got to the point of setting up the DQ Institute. Sure. Um, I did a PhD in uh, biostatistics. So uh, uh, if you think about these days of big data and others, but um, I, I think you know, I'm quite old <laughs> compared to the listeners in the podcast. Uh, in my time, it was a high-dimensional statistics and uh, algorithm, uh, in mathematical algorithm. So uh, I did, uh, my major was a statistics, and uh, I worked on the genomic data as well as a clinical trials data. So uh, current situation is not that unfamiliar to me. No, I was so I, I, I uh, did a PhD in Harvard and a one-year postdoc in uh, uh, public health as well as uh, medical schools. And then I decided to ditch academic world, and then uh, I want to experience a real world. So I joined a, a consulting firm called the Boston Consulting Group. So I, uh, over there, I spent about five years. I, I worked in Seoul, uh, Tokyo, as well as San Francisco. At the end of uh, uh, my uh, work in BCG, I uh, work as a uh, um, uh, internal the analysts related to the digital media, where I can understand about at the time the uh, the big wave of uh, um, digital technology and platform business uh, coming up. At the same time, um, the traditional media goes down. So um, Korea, as you may know, is one of the uh, the most wired country in the world. At the time, uh, Korea um, had a huge actual spike in uh, game addiction among right. the children. 
So um, the reason I uh, think about this, the, the whole the online child protection and digital citizenship issue is because I got to understand about the whole trends of digital media as an industry perspective. At the same time, I became a mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I see that there's a blind, blind spot for our children, so, uh, which was evidenced in the many cases in Korea. Um, the one of the direct reason actually I started to think about this child online protection issue is about the, uh, the girls in Korea who was raised by the child fanatics. Um, it was eight years old girl and uh, um, it was a horrible horrible incident that upset everyone in the Korean Peninsula right. and uh, um, one thing that I found is that uh, it is it is beyond <laughs> <laughs> let me let me actually go to yeah 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 uh oh okay sorry that's it's, it's editable right <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah yeah so well, we're we're uh, you're talking about the eight-year-old incident in korea yeah, so, so uh one of the big thing that uh, um that struck me in a personally was that there was a, a huge incidence of child porn um, addict raped eight years old girls at uh, 8 a.m. in the morning. And uh, it was a very brutal incident that upset everyone in Korea. Yeah. And at the time, I was in uh, um, Silicon Valley working at the BCG at the time. And I, was, uh, I became a mom <laughs> at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read through this uh, newspaper, online newspaper, uh, trying to understand what's going on in Korea. And I saw the big advertisement um, right next to the news article related to this, uh, uh, this, this tragic case. It was uh, um, uh, the advertisement for the near porn the image of 18, 16 years old girls. Mm -hmm. So it's a one screen. I saw one case is dealing about the eight years old girl addict. Um, the rape by the child porn addict. The other side, I saw the advertisement uh, of 16 years old girl porn. Mm. So uh, that was a time that I realized that it's not just about the one girls. It is not just, it is not about the one child porn addicts. It is really about the, the whole societal issue. Mm. And uh, this is about the industrial issue too. So um, that's where um, we coined the concept of infolution, information pollution. It's like a pollution, um, which is uh, an intended side effect of uh, uh, industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. Just likewise, you know, infolution, uh, we see this all this issue coming up, um, game addiction, cyberbullying, uh, child porn, and all the others is unintended consequences of our yeah. digital technology revolution. So mm -hmm. that's where I started this uh, whole uh, movement uh, related to child, uh, child, child safety. safety. Okay. Yeah. So, tell us a bit, so you, that brought you to set, to, so did you go straight away and set up the DQ Institute at that point or did you kind of, uh, how did that come about? Well, I set up an um, NGO called Infolution Zero right. <laughs> in Korea. Yeah, it was a very direct name, you know, oh, Infolution yeah. Zero. Very yeah. Computational. Yeah, um, and uh, it was 10 years old. Uh, no, it was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it, you can imagine nowadays people talk about the screen time issue and mm -hmm. gaming addiction um, it becoming one of the biggest concern for the parents. But 10 years ago, really nobody cared. <laughs> and one of 
uh, one of uh, we were the one of the frontiers, especially in Korea, uh, who really talk about the the child protections online. And um, um, two years later, I joined a university in Singapore called the Nanyang Technological University. Over there, I uh, worked with Singapore government to develop a child, um, actually, educations related to the online safety. Mm -hmm. And um, can, I, can we stop here a little bit? I want yeah. to close the door. Yeah, um, yeah fine. Hey, <laughs> hope that is a better. That's fine. Yep. Yep. So, so. Um, you just joined the so, Korean yep. uh, Technology University. Yep. Um, so, uh, going to the education, uh, from the advocacy to education was very simple. I want, you know, working with uh, policymakers and uh, CEOs are not as fun as uh, me working with my kids. <laughs> so, Absolutely. yeah, the first. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the real motivation is that, you know, I put my time and effort in here and why don't I make something useful for my own kids? Mm -hmm. So that was motivation. So um, our first attempt is uh, the project called IZ Hero, okay. Involution Zero Hero. Okay. So we want the children to become a hero in this digital age. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we want them to be the critical thinker who can discern about the uh, the various side effect of uh, technology and they becomes uh, the wise user of technology. So that was the intention of IC Hero. It was born um, in Korea, but actually I, I developed into the research project uh, when I joined the NTU in Singapore University. And um, while I'm working with the Singapore government and Singapore schools, I realized that it is not just about the child online safety issue. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is really about the digital skills issue mm -hmm. because it is a, a part of uh, digital skills, like life skills in the digital world that everybody needs to have mm -hmm. to use uh, technology uh, safely, responsibly, ethically, and wisely. So this is like fundamental uh, digital skills that has been often neglected. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I developed the concept of digital intelligence, like DQ, just like IQ and EQ. Mm -hmm. So this is a new intelligence that is needed for individuals to thrive in this digital economy and AI-oriented world. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we developed a more bigger concept. So it's not just online safety. We start with online safety and ethical use, just like a one-on-one. Yeah. But we need to, based on that, we need to build upon the uh, the skill that it's required for uh, in order to thrive in this uh, this technological uh, oriented world. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that is uh, how it has became a DQ. So we set up a DQ Institute in association with the World Economic Forum in 2017. Mm -hmm. So that's how it has been evolved. Right, so how did, what did the World Economic bring to the, to the, to the forum or bring to the table? So it is interesting, since I started this Involution Zero um, 10 years ago, 
everything happened inorganically. You know, I didn't really intend to. I didn't knock the door in a world economic forum. We have to make it as a global yeah. agenda. You know, I never done that. Um, it, it really happened in an organic way. So um, in 2015, um, I. I got a sudden email from uh, my colleague in the university saying, oh, congratulations, you became a young global leader in the World Economic Forum. So I told him wow. that I'm not young, I'm not a global leader, so what's mm. going on? So yeah. <laughs> I contacted the World Economic Forum. So I saw my photos and my name in your website. Are you really talking about me? So that's how I get to uh, contact with the WEF. Okay. Um, and and then I was asked to uh, be part of the few steering committee related to human impact um, on the uh, related to the digital econ uh, digital technology. Mm -hmm. So where we build a collaboration with the World Economic Forum, and uh, uh, World Economic Forum uh, at the time the set out the agenda for uh, of the fourth industrial revolution. And uh, it fits really well for us to actually teach the DQS a uh, uh, new uh, IQ mm -hmm. in the force industry revolution. So we made a strategic actually collaboration since 2017. So DQ Institute was born um, as a part of this partnership. At the same time, uh, we wanted to make it as a global movement for the children. Mm -hmm. So the key movement that we started was a Teach Every Child. Mm -hmm. So um, until 2016, uh, we developed the DQ World, um, the online platform that can help children to learn about the holistic concept of digital citizenship by themselves. Mm -hmm. So this actually platform was born with the support of Singtel, which is the biggest telco in Singapore, mm -hmm. and the Singapore government. The whole intention was at the time is that um, it, they want a new, actually, the, a way of teaching children about the, the digital citizenship. And in Singapore, uh, we call the cyber wellness. Mm -hmm. So it is not beyond the safety, it's how we can be well-being. And uh, what we found uh, as a research team is that there was a three problem. So one is about the lack of holistic uh, framework which we developed the DQ. The second part is about the, um, there's a huge gap between children and, and teachers. So teachers, um, our generation never been taught in these mm -hmm. topics. So uh, they couldn't teach <laughs> naturally. And it was not part of their actually teaching curriculum. And the third thing is that there was a lack of metrics. So um, in order for us to understand where we are, and in order to progress, we need to know, uh, we need to have the metrics to measure the level of uh, digital citizenship, the level of cyber safety, and which was like. So DQ World was developed uh, just for the primary schools uh, in Singapore, and which enabled children to self-learn uh, through online platform. And then when children actually learn based on the comprehensive curriculum, uh, they get the, their DQ score which is a metric that can benchmark. Okay. So we developed this, uh, uh, this concept, framework, and online platform and methodology uh, until 2016. And we did the uh, research pilots in Singapore. And I presented in 2017 at Davos. Uh, and there was a time that Brexit happened in your country. Yeah. And uh, uh, in the US, the 
President Trump was elected, and uh, the fake news has become uh, one of the key agenda yeah, yeah. <laughs> everywhere uh, because of uh, President Trump um, argument on the the fake news. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a first time uh, I was quite highlighted. <laughs> Our work was got highlighted globally, and then. Yeah. The, uh, also global leader as well as the many sector leaders uh, found the needs of uh, comprehensive digital citizenship educations. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were there as a, uh, one of a few uh, initiatives that can roll out in a global way because mm -hmm. number one, it's done in an online platform. Number two, it can be self-learning. Mm -hmm. And number three, we can do the impact measure. Mm -hmm. So that was a background that immediately we agreed that, okay, let's do in a global way. And uh, we named it as a Digital Average Child because mm -hmm. I, we really believe that these eight digital skills is the fundamental and everybody needs to have. So that's what uh, the backbone of, that's the kind of backbone of the deconstruction, those eight fundamental skills uh, mm -hmm. is what, where everything's going to base that. So can, can you tell us what those eight digital skills are? So um, DQ Framework later uh, endorsed by the OECD, IEEE, and World Economic Forum to become the global standard for uh, digital literacy skills and readiness. Mm -hmm. So it's beyond the digital citizenship. It okay. includes a computational thinking, AI literacy, all kinds of digital skills that you can uh, imagine. Mm -hmm. So we map out the uh, 25 leading frameworks around the world, and then we developed a common language and structure which has been uh, institutionalized by IEEE. And now uh, we are working with the various international agencies to support to set up a global standard. So DQ framework itself is, is broad. Um, so you can think of any digital skill can be part of DQ. But what we actually believe is that eight fundamental digital skills, uh, which is basically um, cornerstone for the rest of it, Mm -hmm. So uh, what we are trying to say is uh, digital citizenship skill is uh, something that everybody needs to have beyond all DQ. Uh, some people can have uh, digital marketing skill. Some people mm -hmm. can have uh, data literacy. Mm -hmm. But everybody needs to have uh, uh, digital citizenship. So yeah. that's why we uh, build this the global initiative based on the eight skills. Okay. And what are those eight skills? Eight skill is a basically... Um, so, uh, um, digital citizen identity. Mm -hmm. um, no, let me start again. <laughs> so, A skills start with uh, screen time management. Mm -hmm. So, uh, a lot of people say, what do you mean by screen time, right? Uh, there's a lot of discussion of uh, screen, too much screen time is inevitable, you know, and all others. But what Especially we are at the moment, you know, kids are being homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what we are trying to say is a balanced use of technology. So the first is ability to use technology in self-control and disciplined way. Mm -hmm. And second is about the uh, cyberbullying management. Mm -hmm. um, we call this cyberbullying management for the primary school students, but you know this personal behavior, uh, the risk, how we can manage uh, harassment, stalking, and all others. Mm -hmm. So that is a second uh, ability that we are focusing on um, in the digital citizenship identity. And um, the third is about cybersecurity management. Okay. So safety is related to your personal behavior. Security is about your data mm -hmm. um, and your device, starting with the simple like setup of password and understanding spam and scam and um, ransomware and others. And the fourth is about the digital empathy. 
So digital empathy is uh, related to um, also the cyberbullying and other the risk. But what we want to do is not about uh, uh, reactively being, uh, you know, risk-free. We want mm -hmm. to be proactively empathetic in our conversations uh, mm -hmm. online. So uh, digital empathy is a uh, one part. And uh, um, yeah, fifth so, is a digital <laughs> footprint management. Yeah. So digital footprint management is uh, really like basic of uh, online communications. So we emphasize about communication online and collaboration online. But you know, if you think about it, you have to understand the nature of online communication, which is digital footprint. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so that is a fifth element. And sixth element is a critical thinking. So media literacy and information literacy. So basically, we need to understand what is fake news, what is not fake news. Well, that's something uh, that's massively uh, annoys me on social media. I see so many of my friends seeing a mm -hmm. post that they're outraged on on Facebook, and they show mm -hmm. them, this is disgraceful. And then you mm. do a quick you look at it, and my mind says, I don't believe everything I see first. Either go, mm. okay, well, let's, let's do like a Google image search on it, and you prove that it's mm. completely wrong. Um, mm. That's what really winds me up at the moment is people just get outraged and then share that outrage on social media and the first article it came from is not true. That's the mm. thing that really frustrates me and I've been trying to teach my son about it. Um, yeah, definitely. Because so he watches YouTube of, videos and he watched the yep. YouTube video about uh, the coronavirus that really scared him. So, on that, uh -huh. so I watched it with him and said, look, people, on, this is why they do it. They, they're putting a video out there to scare people so that more people watch it, which means they make more money. And when, Oh, okay. So you make money on YouTube. I'm like, yes, these people that you're watching make lots and lots of money on YouTube. So they put it out there to scare you. So do you think, so the fact we can come onto this in a little bit about the challenges that we've set. Part of that was the challenges that we've set for the Every Child Challenge series. Uh, sorry, I interrupted. No, no. So this, uh, the literacy related to news, uh, media, and understanding what is uh, fact and what is not fact, what is reliant information and what is not uh, it's critically important having the doubt and critical reasoning is very important, but it's not just about information It also goes to the content. Mm -hmm. So uh, is this content is really helpful for my mental health? For instance, mm -hmm. like uh, the Absolutely. violent content inappropriate content and uh, Like children needs to understand what's really it is not about bad good good bad kid good kid no. It is about is it helpful for me or not? Mm -hmm. so um, that is also also applied to the uh, the people you're meeting online mm -hmm. right uh can you trust this person <laughs> or is it the person who potentially tried to groom and put mm -hmm. the harm on me mm -hmm. so uh, having those critical thinking related to the online content contact information is a uh, very critical so this is a, a six element of a six topic of digital skills. Seven topic is a privacy management. Mm -hmm. So privacy management is a very, very uh, fundamental human right. Mm -hmm. But currently, like if you ask your children's or any children's, uh, what is privacy? Is privacy against my mom, right? As yeah. long as my mom doesn't know, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it is, and well, it's okay, but you know, at, at the same time, they need to understand the privacy and personal data, how it, it can be used and misused, mm -hmm. and whether, how they can keep their ownership. Mm -hmm. um, so this like basic understanding of human rights. 
um, and how they manage, practically manage their privacy and personal data is a huge um, the skills that children must have. The last is that building all this uh, capability, the digital citizen identity. So which is uh, a really crucial to uh, the children's development and their identity building. So a lot of time children have a dual um, citizenship in online and their real life and they become a different person between two. Um, and we are not saying it's a bad kids or a good kid, but it is important for them to understand about the basic value, um, integrity and honesty. And uh, in, you know, it is not just you become another person online. Mm -hmm. um, it is about the you as a holistic being um, to be uh, online and offline and um, having online persona and building reputations online. You know, all this is uh, quite basic. And despite all this, you know, a lot of parents think that uh, because children are so good at online, you know, they are, they're, they're so good at devices. You know, people yeah. assume that children know everything. Actually, it is not. If you think about all these different skills, if you ask yourself, do you know how to react when there is a cyberbullying happen? Yeah. Most people and most kids don't know. Mm. And uh, when things happen in online, it becomes viral. It can go out of control very easily. So yeah. it is having those basic understanding is fundamental. And it is, uh, it, they have to understand all this before they go online. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I go through, so I've got a seven-year-old son who would play video games uh, all day long if I let him. So when we first got introduced, uh, by the uh, the legend that is Mel Sassy uh, introduced us with regards to um, doing some stuff together for the Deep Every Child Challenge series. Um, it was actually something that was quite important to me because we manage your screen time. So I'm not trying to portray myself as the most, the most perfect person, but it just happened that a lot of your course values or the eight, eight values are something that are important to me and I've, I've witnessed going through and I didn't really put a name on it because I thought, well, it's just being online. I don't think anyone really thinks about having you need to have some skill set to be online. Like you wouldn't drive a car if you didn't know how to drive a car. And you could potentially get yourself in more risky situations online than you ever could in a car. It's just that a car is a big bit of metal that can kill people instantly. So we had um, various instances with my son about sort of time management, about being, you can only be online for a certain amount of time during the day and at once. And what's the reason for that? And I deliberately let him have a little bit more time online than he's used to because I know and I think any parent listening to this realize that the behavior change when a kid's been online uh, or playing video games is drastic um, they behave he's generally a good kid but if he's been online for too long he turns into awful little child and he's not unique so what I did was I had a good we played football in the morning and I said right you can have uh, 45 minutes on your iPad a half, sorry, half an hour on your iPad, playing, he plays a video game called Roblox, which is online, which again, I'll come to in a minute. Um, and I said, like, you've done really good today. You scored lots of goals and you worked really hard at football. Here's an extra 15 minutes. And I kind of made sure that he realised how his behaviour was before he went on his iPad, because this was pre-organised by me. And then afterwards, and I deliberately kind of let him not run free, but gave him enough freedom to kind of do what he wants. And he was a it's my it's an adult podcast. It was a shitbag. So, uh, and I said, look, this is why we talk about you only being online for a certain amount of time. What did you, what were you, how did you feel this morning? I felt great because I was with lots of guys at football when I was running around. Okay, how do you feel now? He says, I feel bad because you told me off. I'm like, okay, well, why do you think I've told you off? 
because I was naughty, I like kicked the dog or I can't remember what he did or something, was just talking really rude to myself and my partner. And I said, look, this is why you're, we, we limit the amount of time you are online or on your iPad, is because it's not your fault. You know, no one's blaming you, but this is how you're feeling. Your feelings change, your mood changes after being online for a period of time. And he went, okay, no, and actually now he comes up to me and goes, dad, I think I've had enough of my iPad now, I'm starting to get a bit cross. So he'll actually almost now manage himself. I mean, he's never in a room by himself playing on his iPad. But it kind of resonated. It was actually, and that was before we even spoke. It was actually, well, now if I can teach, he's only seven. Uh, if I can kind of teach him really simply for doing that, there must be something out there. And then let's say you and I had a conversation uh, probably about four or five weeks ago now about these inputs. I was like, oh, that makes sense. And then we, you told me the story about there's 1.5 billion kids around the school, out, around the world, out of school at the moment. And I think you've got some stats around, is it 60% of children online are likely to be bullied or, or at risk of being bullied? Can you tell us a bit more about that later? So uh, we ran the global study um, and uh, we found that 60% of children have experienced at least one cyber risk, including cyberbullying, um, gaming disorder, um, offline, meet, offline meeting with strangers, so potential Jeez, danger the for the groupings. Yeah, so eight to 12 years old. Um, and also we have, we looked at the reputational, potential reputational risk and uh, exposure to violent content. So if you think about the 60%, is uh, one out of two kids have experienced those risks. Um, so we called it the cyber risk pandemic. It is not at risk, they have experience. So, um, oh, wow. so they've actually, to, sorry. So they've actually experienced not could be is how they have. They have. Oh wow. In the past. Yeah. So um, your son, my son, you know, this age group, uh, they must have once, but they may not uh, realize. So mm. risk doesn't mean that they got harmed. Yeah. So risk means that uh, there's a potential. So you just mentioned a very important aspect. So you, you see that when children are stay long online, you see that they're, they, you see yourself the behavior changes of your child. Yeah. And uh, it is indeed the happening because, um, well, uh, even if they're not exposed to the explicit cyber risk, if you think about the content you encounter in online yourself, uh, more than half of them are quite violent, <laughs> right? Like if Absolutely. you think about the content, um, and uh, you are, it is not very difficult to come across with the hatred, uh, bigotry, the comments, and a lot of uh, anger-filled content. So um, exposure to this violent content, we call it violent content. It is not necessarily like I'm killing them. But if you think about the children's uh, uh, playing, the video game the children playing. So, um, in the, in the, like, the high exposure to this, this, this content and information um, increase the uh, likelihood of aggressiveness, higher mm -hmm. yep. aggressiveness. So, uh, what you do is uh, fantastic because you know, research shows that just simple restriction on the time Mm -hmm. and the content the children are viewing by parents mm -hmm. um, can enhance the uh, sleep quality <laughs> and uh, help. Is that the parent or the child? The sleep quality yes. of the parent or the child? Uh, child, child, actually. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, apply that to yourself, you will enhance 
You're all the sleep quality too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And then the, even the school grade. Mm -hmm. Oh wow. And uh, yep. And then pro-social behavior. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of parents feel struggle, like because you know they felt like oh they don't know about the technology mm -hmm. and my kids know better and I trust them, mm -hmm. uh, but. It is not about trust issue. It is about the, you guarded your children's into a protective measure. So you wouldn't let your child. Uh, you, 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 wouldn't, have, you wouldn't go to a, a really bad bar with your child if you thought if there was thought there was a lot of exactly. bikers and drug dealers and things like that. You wouldn't leave them in the room. You wouldn't even take them. Yeah. You wouldn't go in yourself. But it's mm. you know the, the world wide web is it's a very scary place. So why would you kind of give your kid an iPad and virtually let them go into all these places? Mm. Because you don't know who's contacting them. So um, I don't want to be the fear mongering, <laughs> but actually, the the if you see the trend, um, it is actually it is important for parents to be aware of potential risk. But uh, are we what what we want to do is that rather than uh, being fearful, why don't we actually give the right knowledge and uh, a wisdom to the children? Mm -hmm. So. I found that our children are much better than ourselves. Uh, you know, just giving you one episode with my girl. When she was six years old, there was a time, she's now uh, 10 years old. <laughs> and when she was six, uh, she was one of my guinea pig when I developed <laughs> Dicky World. Nice. Uh, whenever we developed a new content, I show it to her. And then uh, there was a day that she learned about the personal data. Mm -hmm. And I called the Uber. Uh, in Singapore, it's called Grab. Mm -hmm. And I put my, uh, you know, our address. And then my, my daughter looked at me. Oh, you know, mom, you're so stupid. <laughs> now, why? How come you reveal our personal information? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and say, then how can I call uh, the car? And mm -hmm. she's like, oh, if you are like a 55-something um, street name, oh, you can put uh, a 60 or a 61, yeah. Yeah. and then car will come, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, wow, I never thought about it. I know it's, whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. But one thing I realized is that in, my girl was a six, month, a six years old. Yeah. Like the girls uh, in that age and boys in that age, when they understand about the harms and danger and potential benefit, uh, they maximize their uh, also uh, personal interest. Well, I think that, yeah, personal interest definitely, because then they almost try and, not, not again, because they understand the importance of it, but they also almost it activates their brain to get to spot these things. Um, mm. to find things out it's almost trying catching you out as well that's what my son my son's favorite thing in the world is catching me out if I've told him not mm -hmm. to do something and I do it he absolutely is all over me about it so when exactly. we were so we've so we've um, so true challenge and the DQ Institute have collaborated mm -hmm. on um, eight challenges about these core values um, in fact we've Ben and I my son are the, the faces of it um, so the first challenge was privacy management which is kind of what mm. you were talking about, personal data. And literally about two days before we filmed this first challenge, uh, Ben was playing this game on his iPad. And, he, he and I could tell that he was not, uh, not worried, but concerned about something. He goes, Dad, someone just sent me a message saying, where mm. do you live? Mm. Uh, and I said, okay, well, what, what makes you worried about that? He goes, well, I don't know who it is. I'm like, well, what do you mean it could be? Had kind of expand on that. He goes, well, why do I want to know where I live? I'm like... That is a bit weird. Um, so let's talk, let's kind of talk it through. 
And then that, because we were filming this previous management, I kind of had all that knowledge in my head already. And I said, so put, put your iPad down for a second. Let's talk about this. This is quite important. And I said, do you know what your private data is, your private information? He goes, no. I said, well, what do you think it is? So it's just you. What do you think it is? He goes, my phone number. Obviously, I've got a phone number. My phone number, email address, where I live, what school I go to, what country I'm in. And he automatically knew what is his own private information. I said, why do you think that would be important? for nobody else to know except you uh, and he's been saving up for something for a while so he's got like 150 pounds in his little bank account i said if someone found your bank account details and they took all the money what do you think they could do with it he goes i don't know and you can see his brain working i said well they could take all of your money out and he goes well someone will give it back to me I'm like you'll give it back to me I'm like i'm not going to give it back to you you're looking after it and he was shocked um and then he goes well they could find it if i went to my school it kind of you could see it kind of kind of spiring and I tried to keep rein him in but he goes well if they knew where I live then maybe they could send me some mean presents or something like that and he he's a Chelsea football fan and Chelsea fans don't really like Tottenham Hotspur fans so he said well maybe they could send me a Tottenham Hotspur football kit so <laughs> that, that was disaster for him but he my point is that he he but just by talking to him he knew exactly what his private information and could relate to it straight away and he's only seven so when it came to them filming the the challenge, and I was honest about look, this is going to be hopefully helping kids around the world that aren't don't understand things as much as as you do and we do, we've got to do a privacy management tub. So that's why the challenge video is quite so it's so short because I didn't have to explain it to him because he was went. I said, so what's your private data? Went email address, where I live, what school I go to, what country, and he knew it straight away. So actually doing doing these challenges is actually a great bit of information to teach my son. And we're not really taking part in the challenges. We're sort of talking about the challenges and doing the challenges. So mm. already I've seen a massive spike in his kind of alertness because now he goes, I've just had this message through from someone mm -hmm. and it's just like, hey, and it some can be his friend. And he goes, dad, is it okay to respond to Max, who's his best friend? Um, I go, yeah, of course. Uh, I said, look, you don't have to tell me every single time that someone messages you, but you do have to tell me when you're worried about it. Uh, and now he, would, now he automatically goes like grasses on um, snitches on everybody that sends him a message and stuff, which is good. Um, this is this is actually the, exactly what we do in a DQ world. Yeah. So uh, DQ world, uh, the platform that we are teaching, how we teach children is that uh, we want to have uh, children's understanding the both knowledge they understand what is actually personal data. Mm -hmm. And we need to teach them about the skills, how they manage, you know, how to set up a, uh, the social media settings and uh, what are the privacy means, you know, what are terms and condition means. And we are actually teaching them about this. And third thing is about attitude, right? Mm -hmm. um, do they consider this privacy as their, their personal human right? Do I have a respect towards other people's privacy? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, we have a very uh, thorough way of teaching children, you know, um, based on the holistic frameworks uh, with the global standard. Mm -hmm. So uh, what we do in online platform, exactly as you did, because not everybody have a team as a father. <sighs> so we, we have online avatar uh, asking a children, do you think this is a uh, personal information, uh, your school name, your, your father's name? So we are actually at, at have an interactive way of teaching children about this. And when children actually they responded it, um, in a back end, we do the calculation of their DQ score for the privacy. Mm 
So compared to the global standard, global average, you know, where your child is uh, good at uh, privacy or not, it's like IQ. You know, when you have 100, you know that you're average. But if you're 85, uh, you're not that smart and you need to improve. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, actually the scores uh, giving to the children and parents can help uh, children to understand where are the areas in privacy they can enhance. But right. at the same time, we give out the report to the parents. So parents will understand so what kind of privacy information, personal information that your child is sharing. So based on that, you can have a conversation with your children. So um, what we want to achieve in a, a take care of every child is not just about the catchphrase. We want to give the holistic learning experience to the children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's where probably a good opportunity to talk a bit more about these challenges we've got going. So mm -hmm. we, like we said, uh, seems like a long time ago, but we said that there's obviously the take care of every child is those eight core values. And there's, I, I'm still a bit shocked about 60% of kids have experienced some sort of harassment on, on, or online. I thought it was could potentially, so that's shocked me massively. But so you and I spoke um, about using the True Challenge platform that we have uh, about getting the reach out to the kids to be more safe online. So the DQ Institute and True Challenge have now launched uh, the first challenge, which is privacy management. And the idea is to use... Um, your intellect and, the, and the, the values that you kind of brought to the table and the projects, um, the kind of educational pieces you put together. But, and then with the, we put a true challenge slant on it, so it's a little bit more fun and not just black and white for the kids. So, for example, the first challenge is privacy management. Uh, and you can, gives you an opportunity to talk to your child about what, uh, what it means, to, what is your digital data and why it's important to keep us, as we've just spoken about. But to kind of reinforce that, we added a little bit of a fun dynamic to it. So we, come up with, we came up with a, uh, a secret handshake challenge. So you talk about the, the, the data and why it's important to keep it personal. And then a secret handshake kind of builds a bond with your kid. It's quite a bit fun. So you've got to have, I think it's six different stages of a handshake that you see all these athletes doing after they score a goal or a touchdown. So you work at these six stages and then you do the handshake together. So it's quite um, a good way of connecting you back with your child again, but also building a bond. I think it's what I liked about it when I was doing it with Ben was it's a kind of subliminal kind of message saying, look, we're in this together. Do you know what I mean? So it's a really good starting point for the first channel because we're going to go through about being safe online if they're bullied, things like this. So I think there was a really good starting point for the challenge because it kind of starts it off right. So it's you and me against the internet almost. So I'm your partner in this and we're going to go through this journey together. And if you have any problems within these challenges or after you've done these challenges, we can, we can talk about it. I think it's a really close bonding bit. And I didn't even think about that when we designed the first challenge. That's fantastic. I, I, I really look forward to this challenge to be uh, spread uh, more widely. Um, and um, at the same time, I, I want the children to also have the, the, actually the adequate knowledge uh, beyond just the challenge itself. Exactly. Because it's a great way that we can have the understanding about this privacy issue. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, these days, the, uh, as you already know, the Mark Zuckerberg say, there's no privacy anymore. Yeah. So king of social media say um, not very positive things about the privacy, but at the same time, that reveals the reality. Mm -hmm. um, having a conscious uh, understanding of your personal data 
and having um, the right understanding about who owns the data, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, is a fundamental start of you being a digital citizen. So uh, we want the parents also to starting with the parents, you know, our parents, you know, they just put the kids photo without our kids content. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, the privacy of our children start with our, our parental understanding of our children's privacy too. So uh, well, I, I, I hope that it can go both ways. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I like to think is that these challenges are a great start for people that are being flooded online because kids are going to be online more now because through, through sure. not necessarily playing games, but homeschooling. A lot of homeschooling is now done online. Uh, and a lot of calls and things are done through Zoom. We now know that Zoom's, Zoom calls will be hacked. And then it, it print appropriate, because I was on a Zoom call when someone managed to hack it and put pornography all over it when I was trying, with the person was trying to present to me. Mm-hmm. So if that's in that, imagine that was a classroom full of kids, you know, doing virtual mm-hmm. schooling. But my kind mm-hmm. of hope is that these gonna, I kind of, it's a, it's a, I hopefully we pitched it quite well. There's this educational piece, but then there's a challenge a fun challenge to reinforce it. Yep, my definitely. hope is that the kids actually kind of feel, or the parents go, well, let's, let's kind of get into more, more information, go into it a bit more deeply, which is when your platform mm-hmm. kind of picks up on it. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. Um, so, so this is actually a global piece that we're doing. So every country in the world is going to be taking part in these challenges. Um, mm-hmm. And each country, there's going to be a, a leaderboard, which will be updated every 24 hours, which is the amount of countries that have taken part in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to put some prizes together for the countries that are, that are leading. Um, yeah, so it should be a real kind of global movement, which hopefully is going to help help everyone be a little bit safer online. I, I truly hope so. Yes, and also it is time uh, COVID nineteen actually like uh, uh, pushing everyone into digital world, right? Yeah. So this is a, a new playground for our kids, and this is new agora for the adults. So mm. I think it is so important now, uh, all the more understanding about our the basic rights at the same time the ethical uh, dimension of uh, the technology use and um, also importance of basic digital skill and life skill for our children yeah 100 yeah, percent. brilliant mm-hmm. all right lovely to talk to you thank you very much for coming on the show yeah i, I hope that i didn't make it uh, make your show uh, too boring <laughs> I think, I think, I think you know, I think it's actually really interesting. I think it's, yeah. um, I think it's going to be fascinating for parents to listen to. Um, uh-huh. And hopefully it will make everyone sort of be a little bit safer. And I've always had a bit more fun. You know, it's, what I found, like I said, on the challenge, it's actually quite a good way to kind of bond with my kid a little bit, a little bit more because we play football all the time. And we play FIFA on the PlayStation sometimes and we do homework and things. But it's actually quite, he quite enjoyed the, just, just the me and him kind of part of it. Like we're doing something together. So I think, I think it's going to mm. do really well. Mm. Yep, I'm, definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, handshake with your kids. Yep, I will do so. That's what you should love to talk to. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, right. okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> so that was uh, Dr. Yushin Park from the DQ Institute uh, launching the challenge series uh, to get kids a little bit safer online. Um, if you want to find out uh, any more information about her, it's the dqinstitute.org. And uh, if you Google Juku uh, Every Child Challenge Series, the uh, challenge series will be there. I'll speak to you next week. Bye bye.